we all have issues and challenges. And even if your life is perfect, don't you want to be better? Don't you want to evolve? Don't you want to keep planting those seeds to continuously build your legacy? But what character defects are you struggling with that may hold you back? You know, uh, what breakthroughs can you dig deep into to perform better as a CEO, as a boss, to your team, to your staff, um, you know, to, 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 you know, just always be in that place of gratitude. Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, the number one ranked entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and those aspiring to be so. The aim of this show is to showcase the world's most inspiring and interesting people who've decided to screw it, just do it. We offer 20% inspiration and 80% education, giving you the tools and advice to start, grow, and scale a successful business. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, podcast agency owner with a number one podcast, and startup advisor to global startup generator and early stage VC, Antler. Each week, I release two episodes, a Q&A every Wednesday with one of the world's most inspiring figures, plus a solo episode every Saturday where I cover the challenges that all of us are facing as entrepreneurs. So welcome to another episode of Screw It, Just Do It with me, Alex. I'm a very special guest today, Darren Prince. So Darren is a prominent sports and celebrity agent and global advocate for addiction and recovery. Through his agency, Prince Marketing Group, who represents icons such as Magic Johnson, Hulk Hogan, Charlie Sheen, Dennis Rodman, uh, Chevy Chase, Carmen Electra, Roy Jones Jr., and the late Joe Frazier and Muhammad Dali, to name honestly just but a few. From seeing his first business, selling his first business at 19 to building a multi-million dollar talent agency, Darren has experienced what life is like in the celebrity world. First male client, I believe, was Magic, and first female client, Pamela Anderson. But unfortunately, he's also seen the dark reality of addiction through his own personal struggle. And after 11 years of sobriety, Darren's now on a mission to help others avoid and break free from addiction. So welcome to the show, Darren. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me, man. I uh, appreciate the intro. And uh, God willing, you might have picked up an old uh, bio by the grace of God. In less than a month, it'll be 14 years sober. Will it? Okay. Well, congratulations uh, for that. And congratulations um, because I understand after 27 years of being deaf in your left ear, you can literally hear in the last 24 hours, I think, eh? Yeah, it's very exciting. I've been getting a lot of great uh reaction on instagram and social media and people asking uh you know what it was that i did so it's called the cochlear baja implant and i lost my hearing nerve damage probably at around 25 years old it was unfixable they don't know if it was you know from excessive opiate abuse or what could have caused it and i've just been uh you know going through life just dealing with it you know uh, each day were you know very inconvenient uh, i think people that know me the most uh, at a certain point, like the sympathy uh, kind of runs out because it could be just as frustrating for them repeating themselves 10 times or depending on where we are in a restaurant, you have to sit in a certain location. Um, I told my when we first started dating about a year and a half because my dad always raised me right that your reputation's the hardest thing to uphold and the easiest thing to lose and only get one chance you won't ever hear anything bad about me you might get haters here and there but you will hear is 
that I tried talking to him once and he walked right past me. He was so rude. Or um, I tried saying hello to him and he must not have seen me. And it's because I've been deaf in my left ear and I don't ever do anything intentionally, um, you know, to, to not be you know kind to people. But, you know, it's, it's, it's been a pain in the butt. I've learned to live with it. I'm super excited. They put it in yesterday. The, the surgeon, Dr. James Andrews here in Beverly Hills and. You know, it, it was life changing. It's a little bit infected. There's a little bit of an opening. Um, you know, my sobriety has been challenged through it because obviously you go in for surgery and you have to take prescription medications. But oh, I've learned yeah. that there is um, a very big difference between drug use and drug abuse. And the beautiful thing, I was able to take what I needed to get out of it and then go to a regular Tylenol and Advil. And that's where that foundation comes in because even people in recovery, you know, we have to go through surgeries. We have to go through mm. physical, mental, and emotional challenges. And it's how strong is your foundation to get through that challenge uh, where it's not going to disrupt your spiritual journey of rec recovery and sobriety. And, um, you know, I had a few days that were rough, but I came out of it and, you know, it's a beautiful thing for somebody like me because it's real easy to say, hey, I got a free pass to take anything I want that the doctor told me yeah. to take. But I told the doctor from the minute I met with them that I'm a recovering drug addict and nothing's ever going to change. You know, p physical pain can go away, but my drug addiction will never go away. And my life mm -hmm. is too good to put myself in jeopardy. So when we say bare minimum, that's what you give me, the bare minimum. Got it. And, and look, interested to know, you know, to kind of dig into your story, like, you know, given some of these iconic superstars that you've represented over the years, people must always want to be asking you about their stories. But what I'm interested in is to know when and why did you want to start sharing your own story? Well, my, you know, my, my, my addiction started at 14 in sleepaway camp. I'll give you a little bit of a backstory. Um, I, I grew up, you know, being verbally teased quite often for having a learning disability. I was in small special education classrooms. School wasn't for me, and I never spoke up. And I think when you don't speak up and you take that into the real world with, uh, you know, uh, a tremendous level of success and respect, you still don't know who you are. You know, it's why I understand mm -hmm. how young musicians, young actors, actresses, young athletes get themselves in trouble with mental health issues and substance abuse issues. And mom is at sleepaway camp. I had bad stomach pains. The nurse gave me this green liquid. I had no idea what it was, but dealing with all those insecurities and adequacies and inferiority complex, not feeling a part of not fitting in, it took me to the moon and I felt like Superman. I went back to the bunk and I became the cool kid, the popular one, the talkative one, everything I wanted to feel. And for the next three weeks, I lied and conned and told the counselor every single night I had stomach pains. And I really didn't have stomach pains. I just loved the way it made me feel. And it was liquid Demerol, and, um, which was you know a class A narcotic opiate. And um, back then, it wasn't as controlled as it was now. And you know, got back to New Jersey, had a dentist appointment, got some pills for my mom for my wisdom teeth to get removed, and the same thing. But there was always a common denominator that was an opiate. And I lied to my mom after two days when the pills were gone. And I said, my tooth is killing me. I got to go back to the dentist. And I think I have a bad infection. He gave her more. And they were extra strength Vicodin. And, you know, for the next five or six years, Alex, I, you know, I built up this amazing business, this baseball card business, mail order company. I eventually sold it for over a million dollars in 19, got into sports and celebrity uh, collectible autograph signings, built that up, got out of that in 94 and took the majority of those clients to 
Prince Marketing Group when we started the agency, and the first was none other than Magic Johnson. And, um, you know, here I thought I made it. Here I think I'm looking back at everybody giving them the middle finger. Yeah, I'm the yeah. dumb one. I was the one that, uh, you know, was made fun of. I was the one that was going to go nowhere. But all that hatred and that resentment comes from not speaking up. So when the success came, um, you know, I have this false grandiose attitude of myself and this opinion of myself when really deep down my core was so broken and so damaged that, uh, you know, I didn't have time to really address it or understand what was going on until I was suicidal, you know, probably 14 years later to uh, 2007, 2008, around the time that I got sober. And um, you would have thought I had the greatest life in the world. But when mm -hmm. I was home alone in my own head, or at the time I was married and uh, my wife was with me, she saw the agony uh, and, and the fact that I just wanted to check out. I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with it anymore. It was once, you know, living to use drugs turned out to using to live drugs and, and um, using to live with drugs because I couldn't do it without it. And I was highly functioning. Um, well, yeah. Eventually, you know, after... I had that spiritual awakening on July 2nd, 2008, and uh, that white light moment, and I realized a day became a week, a week became a month, a month became a year, and the spiritual fellowship of individuals finally made me feel a part of. I knew that the real gift was giving it away, and I had to become open about it. I had to talk about it. I had to tell people that there is hope from uh, mental health, uh, you know, anxiety, depression, bipolar, uh, stress, uh, substance abuse, alcoholism, whatever it might be, that it's about getting to that root, getting to that core, whatever that traumatic experience might have been or whatever that um, neglect, that rejection, that abandonment, because I know, you know, it, it's so many different, you know, areas that could have caused certain behavioral patterns for so many out there that are suffering and struggling. But end of the day, it's about asking for help mm. because that's where the strength is. And uh, if I didn't ask for help, we wouldn't be talking right now. I don't think I'd still be here. And the first time that you did share your story, can you remember like where you were, when it was and, and what the emotions were? How did it feel to kind of like release that and, and share what had happened? The first time was probably on Facebook after I celebrated a year sober. Instagram wasn't around. My mom was embarrassed. Um, mm. You know, upscale, you know, middle class family from, uh, you know, Livingston, New Jersey, from the suburbs. My dad was super proud. May he rest in peace. Uh, you know, my mom just always looked at my exterior success and didn't want anyone to really know that I had a problem and really felt it was all the doctor's fault. And I just kept telling her, it's got nothing to do with the doctors. Your son would have found anything you wanted to find. At a certain point, you got to come to the realization, this is who I am. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I kind of every once in a while would, would mention it, but the real mind-blowing, life-changing part of this journey is when I wrote my book, Aiming High. And uh, my publisher at the time, Anna David and Krista McGinnis, my writer, she wrote a masterpiece. And uh, my mom knew. Uh, I told her. I said, I'm just telling you. I said, this is going to change lives around the world. My dad passed a year earlier, always wanted me to write a book. And um, I didn't want to just write one about the celebrity life, the agent no. life, because in a lot of the stories I take to the grave, that's not, you know, who I am. You know, I mm. represent some of the most, I've been blessed to represent the most iconic figures of all time that trust me like family. So 
you know, Anna came up with a story to general, a way to just generalize some of the stories as related to my addiction and how I went deep in hell and came out the other side. And I said, that's it. That's the book. That's the message my dad would want. And, um, I knew I had Chris Cuomo. I knew I had extra. I knew I had some of the biggest talk shows in the world that first day, good day, New York. And, uh, when we started the pre-promotion, you know, my mom, again, she was a little bit embarrassed and, uh, within mm, a few hours, within a few hours, one of her friends called that she went to high school with and said, um, my son has been struggling with drug addiction. I haven't told anybody and alcoholism for the better part of two years. He lost his family, lost his career. And he just called me after reading your son's book. And I feel like I have my son back. And he'd like to speak to your son about getting help and continuing on his journey. That was it. That made it. That was yeah. it. It's yeah. the greatest feeling in the world because it's like, I don't even know this human being, but by being truthful and honest and open about my journey, I realized that just the book aiming high and just being involved at the forefront of uh, mental health and recovery advocacy. Um, like I said, you just can't, can't put it into words. It's, uh, you know, I've been blessed professionally, but able to leverage my platform to get in front of people like you and other, you know, great, great, uh, you know, media outlets and, uh, Every one of my clients, it's, nothing makes them happier than my recovery journey. Anybody can make them money. I was with Magic Johnson twice last week on his plane coming back from two speeches. And, you know, half the time we're talking about life and experiences and memories together. And most importantly, how proud he is of oh. what I'm doing because he kind of, you know, did the same. He embraced HIV. He became mm-hmm. a global advocate for it. He's touched and saved so many lives. Uh, aside from being a, you know, running a billion dollar empire uh, and being the most successful athlete businessman of all time, you know, we understand that Jerry West, uh, the NBA logo, uh, NBA legend, uh, talks openly about suicidal depression all the time. Mm. And 90% of our phone calls, we speak three days a week. It's never about business. Mm. It's about how he loves what I'm doing to help people. You know, Carmen Electra, we talk about this time and again, Hulk Hogan, um, you know, it, it, it's it's crazy to think that I thought that was my calling. And, you know, through that and through my pain, I found my purpose. I was going to say to you, said, said that is, that's really interesting that, you know, back in the 90s when you, when you launched the agency, what was your initial calling to do that, to, to, to launch the agency compared to, you know, having that, that, you know, lightning bolt moment when you, you realize actually this is my real mission on life. This is what I've been put on this earth to do. My, 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 that was my dad. You know, he was always a mentor to me. He was my best friend in the world. And we were on a fly fishing trip. Uh, I don't want to give away the book, but, but I made a, a, a colossal mistake in the memorabilia business. I got in some trouble and it cost me tremendously financially. And I took my last $3,000 at the time. I was probably 20 or 24 and he didn't want me spending the money because i was in a rebuild phase and we went to alaska on the most epic fly fishing trip and if i didn't go on that trip prince martin group wouldn't exist because we were there in this beautiful stream with this tour guide and fly fishing and having the time of our lives most beautiful wilderness setting you could ever imagine and he looks at me and he goes so 
He goes, um, son, what's your next move? What do you think? You're going to stay in the business or are you going to do something else? I go, dad, you know, it's funny. I kind of thought about it. I'd love to be an agent. Like I love to do big stuff. Like autograph signings are fun and like appearances. Like, I think I could do it. I think that, you know, I, I could do like endorsements, commercials, book deals, television opportunities, movies. And he's like, you know, why don't you speak to magic? And I was like, well, I don't really have like eight years though. Dad to go to law school and he dropped his fishing pole and he looked at me because law school, where do you get that from? Because life is about who, you know, not what, you know, you, you could go to Muhammad Ali's ranch next week. If you want to him Barry in Springs or visit him and his wife, Lonnie in Phoenix, Arizona, if you wanted to, or go to Joe Frazier's gym or Chevy Chase's house in New Bedford or see Pam and Tommy in Malibu. Like, this is your life every day. Yeah, you might just be, you know, doing autograph signings for them, but the relationship is there. Mm. And because the relationship is trust is there, I would start with magic because he's your biggest, he's your most marketable. He, he, he supported you on this mistake that you made and that's when it happened. It was about a month later. I was in a hotel suite with him in Michigan and we were alone. I was went to see if he was ready for an appearance we were doing. And I just kind of told him my vision. And uh, he told me words I'll never forget that he was going to give me two years to represent him. But if I don't use them to knock down every door to build the agency, he was going to fire me longer for the two years is up because life isn't how successful he becomes. It's how successful he made me and everybody else around him. And I need to do the same. And it was almost like he was giving me carte blanche to exploit him. And, you know, I just went off and running. It was Chevy Chase after that, Pamela Anderson, Smoking Joe Frazier, Dennis Rodman. Uh, Magic got on the phone with Evil Knievel. Uh, had a huge slot machine deal uh, with the company that you may or may not remember back in the day called GoldenPalace.com. And uh, Evil called me directly. Didn't really know who I was, but when he knew I represented, you know, Ali and Frazier and Magic and worked with Ali, like those were three of his favorites and Ali and, 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 and Joe were actually good friends of his. He, uh, he told me how much he admired magic. And, uh, I called him and got it. They actually, one of the rare times he picked right up, he was on vacation in, in Hawaii and him and evil were on the phone for about 15, 20 minutes talking. And I got the deal done later that day and evil became a client. And that's what magic loved to see. Like it wasn't mm. about, ever about you only it was about watching my growth and watching me hustle because he also knew that you know if the way you look at it that hey if i'm opening up my reach if i'm becoming more diverse with the talent that i represent you better believe it's going to be a domino effect and it's always going to come back where it's a win-win for the whole pmg family mm -hmm. uh that that i'm representing uh you know and uh yeah it's just you know, I can't say enough about him, what he's meant to me in my life, not just uh, professionally, but personally, he was there for me at my worst. Mm. And interesting to to see how many of your, your, your clients from, you know, back in the day then are still your clients now. And I'm assuming, yeah, they're not just clients as you've, you've alluded to with a number of people, they're friends. It's, it's the relationships that you've built over the, over the years that have meant the most. Yeah, I just, um, I can't say enough about it. I mean, um, you know, every Thanksgiving, the first two texts I get, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. Um, <laughs> you know, two years ago during the pandemic, Thanksgiving, uh, 
I had a business project going on and I had to call magic. He goes, goes back to East Lansing to see all his brothers, sisters, moms, and dad. And, you know, I texted him. I said, Hey boss, happy Thanksgiving. Love you. I go, we'll, we'll catch up in the next two days. He called me. I'm not kidding you. This was like Thanksgiving morning, man. We were on the phone for 45 minutes talking about life and how proud my dad would be. I mean, Charlie Sheen and I, um, that there's not a phone call or a time they don't see each other. We were together two weeks ago. We're going to hug each other and it doesn't end with, I love you, bro. You know, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it's amazing to have that because it could have easily gone the other way. And, mm. uh, you know, Charlie didn't know me at my worst, but obviously he's been open about his struggles and he's doing incredible. Yeah. Coming up, I think, five or six years sober and he's an amazing dad and human being and his career is about to start blowing up again for the better. And, um, you know, Chevy Chase, you know, tells me I'm the son he never had. Uh you know, his, him and his wife, Janie, they're very near and dear to me. Their daughter, Kaylee's getting married this week. And unfortunately, I can't make it because I'm, I'm stuck in Cali. But uh, yeah, I mean, they truly become family. And uh, like I said, anybody can make them money. It's not yeah. that difficult. I'm Alex, I'm nobody special. People say, oh, the super agent. The, yeah. no, they're, they're, there's, no. Uh, it, it's they were the ones that who they were with their God gifted acting ability or uh, you know, athletic ability that created their legacy. I just came in and, you know, I knew how to build relationships. I know how to build relationships. I know how to keep relationships. I know how to negotiate fair deals for both sides. Um, you know, and then just through the years, I've developed some other special, very re great relationships like Mark Cuban and Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Lakers, who gave testimonies and supported my book when it came out and on social media. And just, you know, to have that and, you know, there, there's no um, ulterior motive. It's let's face it; they all have somebody in their family, and friends, yeah. and circle that have suffered from the disease of addiction and mental health, and it, it means a lot to everybody. And, and is that? Do you think? You know, you say you're you're not somebody special, but your superpower is is that relationship building because it is a it is a gift, and it's a gift you you, you work on. That that that's my superpower. Hands down. Mm. My office sees it. I got uh, a team of uh, two assistants, six agents. Um, they say that's what we stress. I mean, that that's what I've been grading everybody. Uh, you can't put the money first. You cannot. If they say no because they have absorbent wealth, unless there's a real other reason why we feel they should take an opportunity, you say no problem because now you're making it about you. And believe me, there's years I'll laugh with magic and Hulk and be like, if you guys could just give me one year of saying yes, that won't bother you for another 10 because they <laughs> turn down opportunities that to any, you know, even big celebrity, it's just like you're scratch. But, you know, you can't scratch your head because they've built this legacy. They've built mm -hmm. it for a reason, you know, um, and, and they've earned that right. They've earned that privilege to decide who and what and when and where and if something makes sense. I mean, my, my girl Jillian's been with Larry Bird for 40 years and Larry's been her guy for 28 because of her. And we were laughing the other day. I have some great opportunities for him and he's out in Indiana on his farm at bad reception. And she goes, I'll probably hear from him in the next week or two. But Larry freaking Bird, one of the greatest American iconic names in history. Like yeah. Magic said to me, Larry Bird, can do whatever he wants. He's Larry freaking bird, you know, and it's just a privilege to be able to do anything with somebody like him or any of them at this point in my life, you know? So 
I just have to have gratitude and know that we still do enough business, thank God, and there's still enough yeses. But man, it it, it is tough sometimes when a big one is in front of them and just for whatever reason they don't feel it's the right fit, and you gotta you just gotta accept it and move on and know that hopefully sooner than later the next one's gonna work. And and you, you mentioned you know a few of your clients um, have been really open about about their own addictions as well. Um, <laughs> interested to know. You know, over the years, how much did that impact you, um, both both as the agency owner and having to deal with that in a professional capacity, and also impacting that personally when maybe you were suffering yourself yeah. and you weren't maybe you weren't necessarily being open about that at the time were you like hiding that all away was that all tucked inside of you i mean there was a handful of clients i wrote about in my book when dennis Raman did celebrity big brother and i had to come get him the night that he got evicted and we pulled an all-nighter at string fellas and he had to actually wake me up the next morning so we didn't miss our flight (laughs) and uh ironically go figure muhammad ali was sitting in business class with us and his wife they were out there for a charity event and i remember like yesterday i literally i pull out my pill bottle and going to take a couple of pills and Dennis who hasn't hit his, you know, love for drinking and problems that sometimes drinking is caused and looked at me, he goes, bro, you got to stop, man. He goes, you're out of control with those damn things. And I look, I'm like, don't even start with me. Don't even go there. My back's killing me. And uh, he just didn't say anything. So, you know, Hulk knew a couple of years earlier, there's a problem magic. I really opened up with, but to be honest with you, man, in my personal life, it was probably two people. I still have a lot of people to this day that just don't understand it. They didn't believe it. They, they, they love where I'm at, but I think they were so blown away about how highly functioning I was mm. and how well I hit it. And those are the scariest type of addicts because I'm the type you find dead one day, shaking your head, being like, oh my God, I had no idea. You know? And I think we've seen that in the news. I think people have had that in their personal lives. They had no idea. I mean, those are the worst ones because they're so highly functioning that you never know. And they've got all the stuff. They have the materialistic possessions. They've got the exterior success that even if somebody might have an inclination in that inner circle of a problem, it's easier to just say, ah, you know what? They're just going through a rough time. They'll be fine because you're so taken back by what their external achievements are. And, um, but that's a scary thing, man. Cause like I told you, I had a few days over the past few months after the surgery. Um, I sound just like I do now. I sound just like I do now. If the doctor gave me a pill and I was on something and you would be like, there's no way that you're ripped right now. And, um, that feeling came right back. But I also have that foundation where when it happened, I immediately reached out to my spiritual brothers and sisters. And um, I said, I got good news. I'm still a drug addict through and through because that receptor just got hit. Mm. But that foundation that I have is what made me realize there's a huge difference between drug use and drug abuse. And there's yeah. real pain right now. I mean, my ears oozing. It's like there's stitches. It was a real procedure. Um, but it is scary to know that I'm fully normal when I'm in that state and I might be okay for a week or two or three or four, but this guy wakes up every single morning after that, looking for what he needs. And before you know it, I'm in a deep, deep place of hell without any idea how to get out of it. And, um, that's why I'm calling myself out of my own bullshit. You know, I knew, I knew this was going to be a risky procedure, but I also know a lot of people that have 
in recovery that have gone through a lot of procedures and uh, we get through it. You know, you just got to keep it real. I can't sit here and be like, oh, the doctor gave me a free pass. This is great. There's no such thing for a free pass to somebody like me. Everything that I've built over these 14 years ago right out the window, all that goodwill, everything that I've done to help people. And uh, I was vigilant and thank God I came out of it on the other side because of it. And do you, you know, surround you? I mean, it sounds like you've got, you've obviously got an amazing network, but you know, your your inner circle, which we kind of touched on briefly before we went live, though. But do you, do you make sure that you are surrounded with with the right people these days? And maybe that wasn't the case back in the day. I don't know. No, it wasn't back in the day, and it was a lot of yes people too. I mean, mm. look, man, the woman, the money, everything that comes along with that. Um, you know, I, I took full advantage of it. Um, of all the perks and uh, I just thought that was the life and I bought into the you know all the BS of all the other guys that wanted to be a part of it and women that wanted to be a part of it and um, you know that wasn't living though you know that was a false uh, that was a false sense of who I was uh, until it all hit a brick wall and then I really had to do the really had to do the internal road work when I had that white light moment on July 2nd, 2008, because what I thought was the worst day of my life actually turned out to be the very best when I was in the bathroom on the floor crying, praying for God to take me out of hell. And if he took me out of hell, I will spend one day at a time the rest of my life getting others out with me. And um, I think I've done that for the better part of almost 14 um, years. And um, like I said, you know, I, I feel I've found my purpose in life. I've found my soul on this journey. And uh, to know that I could do a life-changing, industry-changing, $100 million business deal tomorrow, and it's not going to get anywhere near the respect, love, admiration, and support from all of my clients as what I do one day at a time would. Mm. That, yeah, that says it all. Yeah, yeah. It's a fact. Yeah. yeah, it does, and, and I and I, I listened to um, to uh, an interview that you did, and you, you said money buys temporary happiness. Um, that's that's pre- pretty profound, isn't it? Really, and you've obviously experienced both sides of that coin. That's it, man. I mean, I said it on Omar, the rock star. I said it on Jay Shetty. Jay's a dear friend. Um, he's a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's uh, you know, he's a special one, man. He's got mm. that. You know, when I went to his place before we did the podcast about a year ago, um, it was pretty amazing because we bonded on a phone call. We knew each other a couple of years early. I had Rodman on his podcast and Jeannie Buss. And um, we, we, we spoke earlier that year, like you mentioned in the interview. I don't know if you saw it. And he was just strange yeah. that I could just feel his energy. And I told him, I go, bro, I've been there from my, my own book. And I didn't sell three, four million copies. We sold a lot. We best selling in four countries. And you have to say no. You have to put you first. And uh, because you're going to deplete your energy and be no good to anybody. And you're on a journey right now that, that that's going to be historically life-changing, not just for you, for so many. And yeah, we just had that bond. And just right then he goes, Darren, he goes, you know, every time I spoke to you, man, he goes, there's just, we just have that connection. He goes, there's no ulterior motive. They're, 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 you don't want anything. You just want to help. He goes, you know, you, you, you've got any clients, uh, you know, which we so appreciate. And he goes, would you, would you be a guest? He goes, on my podcast, he goes, the world needs to hear this message. I cannot 
imagine how many people would help. And it was right in the height of the pandemic. I go, Jay, look, I'd love to be on there, but I'm not doing a Zoom. Because mm. we're not face-to-face. I'd rather wait where the opportunity comes and goes. He's like, okay. He goes, you, you, you sure? Is there a specific reason? I said, yeah. I go, the opposite of uh, addiction is connection. And for us to help people, I got to be in front of you, man. I'm like, I've been doing so many Zoom keynotes and so many yeah. Zoom podcasts and They're great, don't get me wrong, but because of who you are and your message and your platform, we can't screw this up. We got to do it the right way. And about three months later, we're face-to-face, and it was was beautiful. I mean, to this day, I get DMs every day. We sent out so many free hardcover books to people. He got messages. Um, Yeah, it's uh, and I hope to have the same at Yale. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter how big your platform is, I guarantee we're, we're going to help a couple of people from this interview, Alex. I guarantee it. Not only are we going to help motivate on the business front, but we're going to help inspire to to change people's lives and and and, and make them better because of your platform and you and, and my boy Todd arranging you know, this privilege of us having this time together. And that's what it's about, just getting a one or two and we're going to. Yeah, absolutely, and it is that you know one day at a time or one one person at a time is 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 the message. And I think the amazing thing is is you know when I speak to somebody like you and, and I'm like you, I, I since the pandemic now I've gone back to going down, back to London, getting in the studio, and meeting people face to face, and obviously to to speak across continents, we'll jump on a Zoom like this. But you know, human connection is so important. But you know, people can go their entire lives and never find their true purpose or never yeah. find, you know, their soul, like you say. But, you know, through what's happened to you, you, you found that. And and I guess before that, you thought you were on another path, I guess. Yep. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love money. I like things. I, I like it more because I could take care of other people. My expenses mm-hmm. are crazy 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 between take care of my my sister i've got a big staff um you know i've said it before like but i don't i don't need stuff anymore in my life like that's just not who i am i wear sweatpants every day my whole office is super casual you know when i gotta wear a suit or get dressed up i will i think i did my first clothes shopping trip in three years last month with my girlfriend and uh, a, a woman that i used to live with when i first moved here hillary she's a big movie producer um and I just don't even enjoy it. I get so much more out of giving, you know, but if I lost the, if I lost the business, if I lost the money and wound up, uh, you know, in, in, in a financial situation again, um, I'd be okay. Darren Prince would still be the same Darren Prince. It would just be because I found me, I found what makes me happy. Mm. I found what my true calling is. The heartbreaking part would be the people that I take care of and support and love that depend on me. And that's why I'm still working so hard to grind it out because, you know, my boy Nicky C is my brother. We go back 25 years, lives in a big, beautiful house in Beverly Hills. He he was one of the main reasons I moved out here. We both left New Jersey. He's Vester Stallone's business partner on SlyStalloneChop.com uh, and other ventures that I have. He's absolutely crushing it out here. And we laugh because, like, his thing is about having a big, beautiful house. And I love that about him. And that's not me. I mean, I'd rather, you know spend whatever I can to take care of as many people as I can. I live in a gorgeous high rise right now. And that's what makes me happy, you know, versus having my own big house where I'm there with just me and my dog and my girl. I mean, Hey, if you would have asked me 15 years ago, it might've been different. 
Yeah, but yeah. I'm about giving. I get so much more satisfaction out of somebody struggling. I can give them a little bonus one week or buy something for someone or support my Aiming High Foundation when I get inquiries for people that need treatment. And I can use my own financial resources to scholarship somebody into a rehab center, whether it's Oaks Recovery in South Carolina that's near and dear to me or Banning Treatment Center that, uh, Joe Tuttle and his family, they're super, super special to me. And I do anything I can to get people into treatment. I've got my own call free, uh, toll, toll, toll free number. Um, I believe it's 8666 um, uh, for Darren, D A R R E N, for anybody that's listening. But I can get you that one because if they're in the United States, yeah. uh, we scholarship people. I mean, and mm. sometimes I'll offset uh, with my own financial resources. Like, that that's life to me you know it's it's about giving you know i don't want to have all the crazy expensive cars and live in a massive mansion by myself i'd be miserable i already had all the nice cars in a big home and i saw where it got me you know yeah 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 and for you where you are now then and the fact that you've you know discovered you know your your true purpose and you've obviously got your your business interest how do you how do you look to, to to scale your message in your foundation now? What other ways are you thinking that you can you can reach people whilst you're you know still trying to run this super successful business? As, as well, well, I mean the the, 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 the interview request and speaking engagements coming in all the time. Uh, I, I can I, I guess this is the first time I can mention. I haven't done my initial press launch yet, but I have another book coming out. Uh, I think around late August, early September. Uh, I believe it's Mission Matters is the title, and it's basically 15 entrepreneurs that have built up very successful businesses and more or less what their superpowers are. And uh, mine is all about the relationship building, but being very mindful of, you know, the mental health component. And um, it's an incredible chapter uh, in the book. It didn't take nearly as much work, thank God, as my full memoir. Uh, but I know that just puts me back out there front and center to, to, to just keep pushing this message and, you know, just educate people on, uh, you know, I know so many viewers and listeners are living double lives. I know so many are struggling with their own demons and it's not just mental health. I mean, it could be a million things could be overspending. It could be Mm -hmm. gambling. It could be overeating. Uh, you know, it could be self-sabotage. I mean, everybody's got something. Yeah. You know, I, I just spoke to my boy this morning, a very good friend of mine, Mike Diaz, and I go, we are all fucked up. You just got to find the ones that are best in your <laughs> fucked up inner circle. There you, <laughs> you tell me somebody's completely normal and has their life together every single day and life mm-hmm. has been smooth sailing, smooth sailing for them. You got to be very careful with somebody like that because we all have issues and challenges and even if your life is perfect don't you want to be better don't you want to evolve don't you want to keep planting those seeds to continuously build your legacy but what character defects are you struggling with that may hold you back you know Mm. uh what breakthroughs can you dig deep into to perform better as a ceo as a boss to your team to your staff um you know to, to 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 you know just always be in that place of gratitude because as a ceo you know you come in and you're dealing with a lot of crap you don't realize that's a character defect that's an effed up way to be because now your entire team around you is affected by that yeah what is it 
what break do you do you need to 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 dig within yourself to realize you can't you can't just bring in whatever it is that you're bringing in because at the end of the day you're the captain of the ship how do we work through that how do you you know not have the office and, and your team around you uh like see that side how do you just bring in nothing but positive energy and you know build them up and when somebody messes up you can't attack an employee you can yeah. criticize them. I always like to say, say what you mean, mean what you say, and don't say it mean. You'll get way more out of them if that's the way you address a mistake versus just tearing into them. And, yeah. um, you know, again, I think a lot of it's ego. Um, I think the biggest egomaniacs yeah. have inferiority complexes. That was me. Um, but I think we're all a work in progress. We really do. I mean, there's nobody that's going to wake up and tell you they're exactly the person that they want to be. So just find the ones that are messed up, just like you, but not bad enough where they're going to take you off your journey, but I really want to work on whatever it is to build you up, to, to do whatever they can to always bring that positive, you know, attitude of gratitude. And that that's the circle to be around. And it's, it's difficult, isn't it? I think with the age that we live in now with social media and you, you're looking through, you know, a filter at, at somebody's successful life. And, you know, I've been very lucky through one working for, for Richard Branson for nearly 20 years with, with Virgin to meet some, you know, amazing people and through this podcast to interview, you know, people who run billion-dollar businesses and super successful people like yourself. But um, for, for those who've just grown up in this era where you, you see people's lives through a filter, it's very difficult, isn't it, to, to get any kind of perspective on on what's really I mean, and, 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 and most of it's BS. I yeah. Mean, even, yeah. If they ha- even if they have... The financial success. I was telling my girlfriend Nicolette because she's she's younger, much younger. I mean, she's twenty five, and you know she's she's that same way. I mean, her yeah. generation looks at um, you know all different people and what they're posting. And I go, babe, even if they have the success, somebody that has to post ninety nine percent of the time about their success is damaged. Yeah. There's something not right with that. If at least if it's a 50-50, talk about things you're doing with your, your charities and great experiences you had one day. I mean, that's somebody to me that's safer to gravitate around and follow whatever it is that they're doing. But there's just so many that are the materialistic stuff, the cars, the houses, the jewelry, the trips. Like, uh, you know, is that really what it's meant to be used for? It's It's great that you have a great life, but. Once in a while, they have service, like just do something to show that it's not just about me and I and my, you know, my amazing life, because, you know, the reality is just a lot of people out there that that that, that might be following you, celebrity or not. Um, and, and, you know, unless you're kind of educating and letting others know how you got to that point, I think you're doing disservice. And then if you're faking it till you make it, which I think more than half the social media is. Yeah. What are you trying to do? You're just trying to feel good in the moment. Like it, it, it's it, it's reckless and it's careless and it's just unfair because others gravitate towards that. And then good people that are really trying to get somewhere, then they feel crap and then they feel less than because they're looking at somebody that, you know, could be a friend or an acquaintance or looking at their amazing life when they could be Darren Prince behind closed doors getting yeah. high and messed up every single day to numb themselves from the pen that they're in. So you're mm. sending a false sense of hope yeah. and a false perception. 
which is also unfair. But thank God I didn't grow up in it, man. I mean, I, uh, you know, I got involved in Facebook, I guess, 14, 15 years ago. I got an Instagram page. But most of my page, yeah, I promote business stuff from time to time because people, you know, love that. And it, it does actually generate new business. But so much of mine is about my personal life and recovery and, you know, what I do on any given day because that those are the best DMs to get people that need help. Indeed. And from an agency perspective then, and, and you know, a lot of the people that you look after are, are in the sports world and there's a lot of history of people, you know, very young age, getting money, getting fame and then losing it all. As, as, an, you know, as an owner of an agency, how much now, and I'm sure it's different than what it was 20, 30 years ago, are you, are you aware of trying to support people who are you know, just coming into industry and you starting to represent them, how much do you, you know, advice um, do you give or how much do you trying to surround them with, you know, the right uh, tools to be able to survive what's about to hit them if they, you know, land a big TV show or they land some kind of a big deal? I mean, my, most of our talent has the right handlers around them. But I'm around enough. We don't really have any like young rookies or anybody. We don't actively need that or look for that. But I'm at so many mm. different events and networking situations where I just educate them all the time about not hiring your friends. You know, LeBron James is a rarity. You know, that mm. typically does not work. Him and his team are geniuses. Uh, we'll never see that again in our lifetime. Maverick and Rich Paul and him. Um but, you know, it's not about hiring that entourage and uh, it's about, you know, paying attention to really what's going on and understanding that you're going to have a six to seven year window, which is going to make up 99 percent of your income for the rest of your life, especially if you're not a superstar, because there's not going to be endorsements. There's not going to be business partnerships. There's not going to be consulting positions or equity ownership in brands because you still got to have that marketability regardless of a huge contract. What are you going to do? at a certain point, you know, where you can kind of reel in your expenses and understand that, you know, you have to map out a 30, you know, 25, 30 year plan. So that money lasts. Don't worry about, uh, you know, these big hits and these stupid restaurant ventures and things that you hear and worry about keeping it and protecting it and surrounding yourself with the, with the team that knows what they're doing. Great advice. And, uh, like to finish off with something something that I read that you said as well, which I think is really uh, relevant. Darren is that um, you know life challenges still happen after addiction, but you get better on perspective, and perception changes everything. Yeah, that's the truth, man. I mean, I uh, I think everything in my life right now is about perception and pers- perspective, and uh, you know, I just have a great group of guys and women around me too that that i think i've i've instilled that in well i will let you crack on with your day but before we finish i would say you know this has been an absolute pleasure i'm super grateful for, for todd for connecting us and uh your second book is going to be coming out soon but for people yes. who'd like to read about more about the story and more about you know how your foundation can potentially you know help them what's the best route that they can go to to find that out i mean they could find me on instagram it's at agent underscore dp uh i'm also on facebook darren prince uh, i think it comes up under los angeles california i've got my websites official darrenprince.com i've got uh my foundation if anybody you know is in need of treatment or generous enough to make a donation uh every penny goes to scholarshiping people that's aiminghighfoundation.org 
And then on the business front, uh, you know, if you want to be an agent, you want to learn about sports and celebrity marketing and representing athletes and celebrities, it's princemarketinggroup.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. That's great, my friends. Thanks, uh, really man. Enjoyed we'll be that. in touch. Yeah, we will. Thanks Take again. it easy. Cheers, Thank Darren. You. Bye-bye. If you'd like to learn how to launch and grow your own number one rated podcast like this with zero experience, zero knowledge, and zero tech skills, come and join me at ultimatepodcastmastery.com where I've just launched for a limited number of people a brand new podcast membership course. So you'll get access to my ultimate podcast mastery membership course. You'll get my digital workbook, my progress sheet, my launch checklist, and all of the nitty gritty cheat sheets, templates, and scripts, the podpreneur way. You'll also get weekly live Q&A with me, exclusive WhatsApp group chat, and entry to my private Facebook group, as well as access to all my past interviews and trainings with special guests as well. This is available for a limited time for a limited number of people. So once it's gone, it's gone. But if you'd like to learn how to do exactly what I'm doing now, then I'll show you how. Head on over to ultimatepodcastmastery.com. If you found value in this free podcast, all I ask is that you tell somebody else about it. You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social tagging me in the screw it, just do it hashtag. But if you do, I promise to give you a shout out on a future episode and you have my eternal thanks. I'm at Alex Chisnell on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook, plus at Alexander Chisnell on Instagram. Alongside the Screw It, Just Do It Facebook page, this houses the Screw It, Just Do It community and has the most up-to-date information on all things Screw It, Just Do It, including all of our live events. I love hearing from you. If you either message me on LinkedIn or email alex at screwitjustdoit.org, I promise to reply. Just give me a little time. <laughs>